Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host today, Ash Barami, and I am pleased to be joined by Dominic Booth. Hello. And Charlotte Dunker. Hello. How are we doing? It's a very, very chilly afternoon here in Chatterton, so how are we both? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Yeah. Warmed by the cockles of a good Manchester United performance on oh, Sunday. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll get straight into that victory over Brighton. And Dom, there's another victory for United. It seems to be like they go from one win to dropping points and back to another win again. But do you think this time that it's almost like the start of a new dawn and it's back to United that we should expect? I don't think you could probably go as far as, as saying that. I don't think it's a, a turning point or, or anything like that. And I think I agreed with what Alan Shearer said on, on Match of the Day, where whereby he sort of warned United fans that there are going to be uh, inconsistencies in this team. It's a young side, but also there are going to be good performances and times when it really clicks into gear. And that's what it seems to have done in the last two games, definitely. I think there's at least a little bit of continuity between those two performances against uh Partizan and, and Brighton just the attacking verve was just there it was good to see it was you know there was pace in the in the movement and there was there was chances galore and it, it was sort of unrelenting the pressure obviously the teams that United should be beating but I wouldn't say it was a turning point but I'd say it's definitely a lot of optimism to be to be gained from those two performances yeah Charlotte Solskjaer afterwards described the game as the best performance of the season you were there for the MEN. What did you make of, of that game? And do you agree with what he said? Yeah, I think I probably do agree. It's up there with Norwich. I think uh, before yesterday, that was, I'd argue, United's best performance of the season so far came at Carrow Road. And everyone spoke about how that was the turning point back then. And like Dom said, each game's just got to be taken in isolation because it's all well and good that they've performed well in these last two games, which they have done. But next weekend after the international break if they come back and it's back to square one again and they can't click then it's going to be the same the same old problems will be coming in the team I think the return of Anthony Martial has made a huge difference to United going forward but yesterday every single player on that pitch had a good game and too often this season you've had average players putting in average performances but if that's the difference between them winning and losing and yesterday everyone put in a, a shift and Fred, I thought Fred was absolutely exceptional yeah we'll get on to Fred in a bit but just want to touch on topic Fred isn't he Ash oh I love, I love a good topic about Fred on this podcast me about Fred. you know Rashford and Martial I mean we've we've seen since Martial's come back that Rashford seems like a completely different player but do you think I mean what what is transform that because I mean Rashford a few weeks ago we were saying he looks completely he looked like drained he looks tired he looks like he need, maybe needed a break but Martial's come in and he seems like a new player all of a sudden it's strange because when Solskjaer was first appointed he did put Rashford down the middle and, and there was a, a good spurt of form from Rashford then I think he played a wide sometimes but he scored a number of goals playing down the middle Martial was actually on the left sometimes but it really seems now that that you'd have to have it the other way around. Now you have to have Martial down the middle providing that that focal point because I think he is just more comfortable with his back to goal and laying players off and Rashford is much more comfortable running into space. I mean, the stats are pretty incredible on this. United, when Martial's been in the team, have scored 16 goals from eight games. When the, when he was out of the team for, uh, through injury, they scored 10. Uh, they, scored, they scored eight in 10 which is incredible. And they didn't win a game by more than a one-goal margin. And now we're seeing them winning by two, three, four goals. 
I think it's just everyone else feels a little bit more comfortable in their positions. You're not seeing Pereira on the right, for example, which happened when he was out. You're seeing James play there, which he looks a lot more comfortable running at players, taking them around the outside. And obviously the Rashford, Rashford looks completely energised, like you say. There's no longer that sort of slump in his shoulders, which was visible. I think at Newcastle, he looked particularly... He looked particularly downtrodden, Rashford. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think as well that almost settles the debate? And I'll put this to you as well, Charlotte, that Rashford now is now an out-and-out winger and Martial is the guy through the middle? Or do you think this could be something that we'll look back on again in a few weeks and say, well, maybe it's Martial out wide and Rashford through the middle? I think he'll be shoved through the middle again if Martial gets yeah. injured. But uh, we've said time and time again, he's not a number nine. He needs to be playing out wide and... This just proves it. But I think a lot of it's been to do with confidence because if all the responsibility is on you to get this team out of a poor, poor run of form, you've, they've sold their top goal scorer for the past two seasons, not replaced him. The guy who they've earmarked to replace him, as in Anthony Martial's out injured, he was eight weeks on the sidelines. All the pressure is on Rashford and I know everyone goes on about how young he is, but he is, he is young. And Manchester United were going for a terrible run of form. And where are the goals coming from? And that's all everyone was focusing on. How are you going to, the defence hasn't been that bad this season. So all the focus was on the attack and all the focus was on him to basically pull United out of a slump. And I think now he's got Martial back and the link up play has been exceptional. Working well with Daniel James as a front three, they're they're quick, they work well together, and there's not that pressure on one individual. Talk of the pressure as well, the criticism that Rashford was yeah. has been getting when Martial's out of the team it was unlike anything he'd ever probably received before, yeah, considering his age and obviously his status before that yeah. was as the the boy wonder who couldn't really do anything wrong. So it's probably been a bit of a learning curve for Rashford. And well, and look what happened when he was dropped by England. Southgate dropped him. That was like a, sort of a kick up the backside yeah. to him, wasn't it? Because after that, we saw that his forms then improved. And but he has Harry Kane, yeah, Raheem Sterling to exactly, play off Exactly, but Solskjaer was not in a position, no matter how badly Marcus Rashford played, to drop him because they haven't got the strength in depth to switch him out. When someone gets injured, he's, they were down to the bare bones. They're talking about Mason Greenwood, well, Solskjaer words Solskjaer <laughs> suggested that Greenwood wasn't impressing in training which is the reason why he wasn't getting back into the first team squad well he's the only out other out and out striker that they were relying on the manager's not impressed with what he's doing on the training pitch so who have you got it's got it had to be Rashford every single week no matter how badly he performed so luckily they're out of that situation now. You've got three players now who are all in form at the same time in, in the attacking third of the pitch, which United haven't had this season at all until the last couple of games. That's that's definitely a template to, to work on. And it, like Charlotte says, though, the options are so limited that you worry if someone does drop in form or fitness that the goals will dry up again. And that's sort of what we saw at Bournemouth where Martial's effect was quite limited. I think the Bournemouth defence did, did a great job on him actually that day. But... That's the sort of brittle nature of United squad, which means, like like I said, what Alan Shearer said, there are going to be patches in the form um, throughout the season. But you look at that game against Partizan away. That was the first game he came back from injury. He was rusty. They won 1-0, but it was a penalty. Then after that, that things started to click and he was good again. And then as soon as he's had a bad game, that's how it reflects. Martial, obviously, I'm talking about. Yeah. That's how it's evident he's anonymous 
and United aren't aren't as good going forward. So he is the key to United's attack at the minute. Yeah. Do you think that front three is now nailed then? Marsh Marshall through the middle, James through the right, Rashford on the left. I think for for the foreseeable future you have to you have to go with that. I mean, what's been impressive is Daniel James on the right, considering at Swansea he hadn't particularly played on the right hand side very often. United tried Pereira there at the start of the season, which I found completely baffling and it should, it should have been an experiment that was quickly uh, put to an end. But James now seems like a real native on the right. Like he's, he prefers now to go around the outside of players where on the left, it looked like he was always trying to cut in and shoot. He's getting to the byline, getting crosses in. And I should think have had an assist. Yeah, a really he, good he, assist yesterday. Oh, yeah, he's start. been creating. Mark Rashford. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, unbelievable. The replay it? looks like it goes in. Like I watched the highlights. The MUTV again. commentator it, thought it was. He yeah. said four one. Yeah, it's absolutely. How, how, how? I think I could have scored that. I'm not blowing my own trumpet because I'm terrible <laughs> at playing football. But even I could have scored that. Well, Mark, what was he like? Six yards out, yeah. open goal, well, perfect balling. The MUN five aside team needed a new goal scorer, Charlotte. Tap if, it if in. You want to, uh, Tap it in, Marcus. Yeah, I mean, I think that's as well. That's the kind of like goals that Solskjaer was talking about. I think it might have been in pre-season. Seeing he wants them to score more, them almost like scruffy goals. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think deep down, I think Solskjaer will be a bit annoyed with him that he hasn't scored. But ne- taking not nothing away from him, I mean, he's, this season looking at the stats, he's got nine goals, three assists, and seventeen games, and that's. That's that's a good return for someone who was getting criticised for. I think the, the only season. annoying thing that he might possibly say is that it should be more because yeah. he missed quite a few chances on Thursday, and he sh- should have scored more than one yesterday. Um, so, but no, I think it's the, a positive. Cri- though, yeah, the criticism, the criticism chances. of him has been unfair. Yeah, Dom. So, what was it? Who was it? They were comparing uh, Tammy Abraham. As soon as he scored, it was like, oh, look, he scored more goals than Marcus Rashford had over this many games. I mean, they are different types of players. You've got to say that as well. And, and, I know, but you could pick any player, couldn't you? Well, yeah, and look at look at someone like Raheem Sterling, who I think is two or three years older than, than Rashford, really had to learn that goal-scoring sort of instinct, really. It, you know, playing out wide, but also cutting in. you probably say they were similar types of players. Rashford's now now seems to be really getting the hang of it and seems to be stringing goal scoring performances to, together. And like Charlotte said before, the fact that he was missing chances was costing United big time when Martial was out. Now you've got Martial getting in goal scoring positions. You've got Daniel James getting in, in good positions, creating chances and goals. So it's the burden has shifted a little bit off his shoulders, and it's clearly showing because he looks looks really confident. Yeah, one player. I mean, every week we talk about this guy, but I think it's it's only fitting that we talk about him now after Solskjaer's comments in the press comments afterwards. That's Fred. Eee. And Dom, I mean, we heard Solskjaer after the game refer to Fred as, as the catalyst for Manchester United in that victory over Brighton. I think we're seeing now what, ex- what exactly Fred's about and we're getting to understand exactly what he brings to this team. I think he's calming down a little bit. I think he's probably feeling a little bit more assured in himself. I don't know his personal circumstances, but I assume he's settling a little bit more into life in Manchester in the Northwest. He's getting to know his manager in Solskjaer, who's given him a, a clear job. We saw before last season, Fred was sometimes moved from a more advanced midfield position to a slightly deeper one. Um, he was playing alongside different partners. It now seems to be him and McTominay have developed a, an understanding in the middle. So I think all of that is producing a a sort of more composed Fred in the middle and someone who understands his, his job and 
you just hope because we've we this is maybe the second or third coming of Fred. You just hope that this one is the is the true the true reality. Charlotte, do you think Fred keeps his place on Pogba's fit again? Yeah, I, because I think you've, got to, them both, you've got to play Fred, McTominay and Pogba. That's, the, the only problem with that is that Solskjaer seems to be really wanting to play an out-and-out number 10, which none of them really are. But, but yeah. the, he hasn't got a number 10 in his team. Not one Juan, of them. One matter, yeah. on his day, back in the day, he he could be a number 10. But you look at that, you look at that squad now... Jesse Lingard, those talks of him being being a number ten. Well, he's been diabolical this season, so he's not getting in the starting eleven in the Europa League game. So there's no way he's going to be consistent number ten for United. Who else? Pereira. Pereira. Pereira no, no, he doesn't. He just doesn't. I mean, it's what a squad, is it about Pereira? A squad player Pereira? I just I don't think this is going to sound awful. I just don't think he's good enough to be a regular starter at Manchester United. I really don't. And yesterday he scored. It was lucky. It was just little decisions that he makes. Why did he do so many stepovers? He was lucky that that came off for him, that Anthony Martial ended up with the ball deflected into his path and then that his shot took a massive deflection into the goal. And to be honest, yesterday, he no fault, I'm not faulting him for his performance. I thought he did all right, but they need someone. Pogba on his day, which we haven't seen too many of his days since he came back to United, can be world-class. I just don't think there's any way you can look to leave him out. He's just going to have to play in a more advanced midfield role and he's not a number 10. It's a shame that Juan Mata is, is sort of ageing slightly and he's not quite the player he was because I feel like he's been criminally under or misused by United managers since since he arrived. I mean... It was so frustrating when he did sign and you thought this is a really creative number 10, something that United have been lacking for, for a while um, with Rooney not quite fitting there at the time and Mata got shifted out to the right, onto the right, onto the right by every manager. Solskjaer actually seems willing to play him where he should be played but it's just that Mata is probably two or three years beyond his peak. I still think he can bring something to the team though. I thought he actually played very well against On Thursday. Partizan. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was, he was the catalyst for that. So... Solskjaer can maybe mix things up a little bit sometimes play a, a three sometimes play a two with a one ahead obviously this depends on, on fitness with McTominay seems to pick up a quite a serious uh, injury on Sunday yeah well I mean we'll, we'll wait until we see probably the extent of McTominay's injury I'm sure he'll be having scans over there he's the having a scan board. today but he walked out of the stadium unaided no ice not limping he's got a two week break um, what was it ankle yeah it was yeah. his ankle Solskjaer said afterwards that he's done similar and you could be out for two weeks or you could be out for two months. He didn't know the extent of it, but it's not like he needed crutches. He didn't He didn't need help to get out of the stadium and he wasn't wearing strapping or ice or anything like that. So fingers crossed it was just something that was initially painful and mm. that he's able to... Sort out. I suppose it's one of them as well. I could swell up overnight as well. So yeah, of course, wait, could. wait until see the extent. The one of thing that. with Pogba's return, sorry, is that I don't think if McTominay is fit, United should be breaking up that McTominay Fred partnership. No. Whether you think they should be playing four three three or four two three one, whatever sort of balance in the midfield that, you, that Solskjaer wants to play, he needs to keep those two because they actually seem to really understand each other's games at the moment. McTominay's energy is the counterbalance to Fred's ability to pick a pick a pass. That's just starting to come good it'd be it'd be frustrating to see them sort of separated by uh by Pogba who who thrives when he's given more protection in midfield anyway to be honest yeah and Fred was talked Fred was speaking about that about his relationship and partnership with 
McTominay and you've seen it improve over the weeks. And the only reason why they've been given that chance to have that bond is because Pogba's been out. So they're an unlikely pair, aren't they? Yeah. In many ways. But in in that in some ways, Pogba's injury that is a blessing in disguise because how many times would have Solskjaer selected them to as a midfield partnership? Because every time you'd be thinking, I need Pogba in there because he's arguably United's best player, but it's made him have to think outside the box and it's paid off in the end. Yeah, we shall see on that one. And Another youngster I want to touch on is young Brandon Williams. He he's come in, He came into the game against Brighton, putting a good performance and all the fans afterwards were praising him. Dom, where does where do you stand on Brandon Williams now? I mean, Young was obviously suspended, Shaw's injured, maybe coming back soon. Would, what would you do when both all three are available? Do you go back to Shaw? Do you go back to Shaw as the first choice? Or would you like to see United persist with, with Williams now for the next few games and... I think he Take probably deserves the shirt. Yeah, I think... I mean, Luke, Luke Shaw's United's player of the season from last year, so it's difficult to suggest dismissively that he should be uh, kept out of the team. But he True, probably, but it was a player of the season where there was yeah. no standout player It was like the being season. the most popular... He's had a bit of stick as well, Shaw, I've noticed, in last, this season, like since the start of the season. His inability to stay fit is very frustrating and it seems to impact his performance when he returns to the team. He doesn't seem to be in the same a, form. He's not had a... Se- his injury really isn't a serious injury as it were it's a hamstring but, problem but, isn't it yeah he it's kept him out for a very long time and you just think what why what is the reasoning behind that is it because he's not fit enough everyone knows that he's had issues with his weight before has that, have they come back again is that impacting things he went to Dubai with Matic but he's still not back fit he's been out a very long time for something that shouldn't have that long of a recovery period, which makes you think there's other circumstances surrounding it, which are keeping him out. So it's understandable that United fans are calling for Williams to be the first choice left back. I mean, he's barely a foot wrong since he's come into the side in various games. He seems to maybe be a little bit naive with his defensive positioning at times, but I think he, he attacks very well. He's, he's so enthusiastic and I mean, he just he's just more more a dynamic option, certainly than Ashley Young, who you know I credit with a lot of, a lot of sort of responsibility taking in the in the past few years when the other options have been very limited. I think he's got a very raw deal from the fans at times. Young, I, I like his sort of attitude and approach and his leadership, but you know Williams Williams deserves it, and few would have seen this coming from Williams considering he didn't go on the preseason tour in the summer and that he's. He was barely a name mentioned in, in previous months about someone going to break into the first team. It was all about Greenwood and Gomez and Chong, but but here we are, and he looks. I think he looks ready. Yeah, Charlotte. I guess the question is, when Young returns, do you persist with Williams or do you go back to the more experienced? It's a hard day? one, isn't it? Because you'd rather you'd rather see Williams play, and he he's not put a foot wrong. I thought he was great yesterday, and he had the crowds back in because got a bit of a bite to him he's got a bit of edge and he shoved one of the um, Brighton players into the advertising hoardings and he wasn't happy and then he got a standing ovation from the fans in the corner because he was putting it on all the Brighton players that's the sort of thing that United fans what I think they that's what they want to see so he's always going to have the fans backing and he's a lot better going forward than Ashley Young is but I can't he's Personally, I can't see that he's going to be starting every game. I would start him, but I don't think Solskjaer would. 
Mm-hmm. He's young, isn't he? I'm yeah. not saying that's not a reason not to start him, but the second he makes a high-profile mistake, what's that going to do? This, this comes back to the point we've, we've spoken about before on the podcast, whereby Solskjaer sort of needs to back up his commitment to youth. I mean, he has, in a way, he's given a lot of opportunities. He's given like substitute appearances and little cameos to people. But here you've got a youngster who's been given the chance and has grabbed it with both hands and deserves to remain a, like a first team regularly. Yeah. You can't say anything anything otherwise. So Solskjaer's got a big decision to make in the next couple of weeks, especially if Shaw comes back. Well, he should stick stick by his word as well because yeah. he, he said how amazing he was and how impressed he's been with him and how much he's impressed him on the training pitch, et cetera, et cetera. So the only way to show that that's what you truly mean is to start him, so... Yeah, well, I suppose, it, I mean, we can look ahead now and it's Sheffield United after the international break and they're a team that play with wing-backs and maybe United, they United have the option as well to match them in that formation if they want to. So Williams potentially could start if... He's probably more well, comfortable than Young if, you, if you're playing at a left wing-back slightly higher, higher up the pitch. That formation suits and doesn't suit United, in my opinion. I, I like the idea of it in big games. To match the idea of, we'll probably get onto this in another podcast, but the idea of matching Sheffield United because you're worried about what they. In, in terms of formation. Yeah, yeah, it definitely suits Williams. It doesn't suit Wambasaka, I don't think, on, on the right, but it does suit uh, how many centre backs United have, and it, the likes of Rojo and, and Lindelof, I think it suits. So it'd be an interesting one for Solskjaer to mull over. Yeah, we shall see. We'll look at that after the international break. And we're going to move on now quickly to the halftime teaser. And the question is. Here we go. Manchester United got into a 2 0 lead after 19 minutes against Brighton on the weekend. When was the last time they went 2 0 up as quickly as that in the Premier League? So think about the question, you two. And we will be back after the break with the answer. Hello and welcome back to the Manchester Is Red podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. Just before we left you, we give you the question of Manchester United raced into a 2 0 lead after 19 minutes against Brighton. When was the last time they went 2-0 up as quickly in the Premier League? Who wants to go first? I think I might know because I think I was there in my previous capacity. I think it might have been against Cardiff. Right. I think you're wrong. Oh, no, you're wrong. I, don't, I genuinely don't have a clue. I can't remember most of the results from the season. I, I thought it was against Cardiff like, and they won like 5-1. I think like if I give a hint, kick. you might get it straight away. I think my other one was Fulham. Incorrect. Fulham away, no. Back end of the season. Back end of last season? Of a season. Nice. Under Mourinho. <sighs> can't, I can't break down in these. Just you're going to have to tell us the answer. Samuel's not here and he'd, he'd be ashamed at our... Samuel will be listening to this at home. Our attempts. Um, I mean, I don't think he will. You probably know. Possibly. Go on. The answer is Crystal Palace. May 2017. United... Went into a 2-0 lead after 19 minutes. When he played minutes. all the kids. Yeah, it was, yeah. In the last game, last yeah. game of the season. And he wanted to go home season. after, straight after, when he had to do his interview. Was that Angel Gomez's uh, it was, yeah. debut? Yeah, it off was. the bench. Yeah. Couldn't tell you who scored, but... I, I want to find it, out these minutes sco- the They Cardiff did score game. two in 19 minutes, I can tell you that for sure. They didn't, or they did? They did, yeah. Are you that sure was the about question. that? Oh, positive. That's probably one of the better teasers we've had, actually, Ash, this, so I'll have to give you some Well, it's backed up by Rich as well, so, I mean, any of the... Players should go to him for that one. But moving on. Moving on from our incompetence. Yeah. Went to the final third of the season. Sorry, third of the way through this Premier League season now, 12 games in. Charlotte, where do you stand with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's performance? I mean, we talk a lot about the team, but 12 games in, third of the way into the season. 
four wins, four draws, four losses. It's a very, very as far as average starts go, that's probably the best way to assess it. But how would you assess Solskjaer as a whole? I think there's been a few games where he's proven himself tactically. I think the game against Liverpool, we hadn't seen anything to suggest that he was a magician when it came to tactics, but that worked well for the draw there. Some results, they've been a bit unlucky, but their performances haven't been good enough. But to be fair to him, they've start, he's stuck with the system that he wanted to in pre-season that hasn't worked and they've ground out at that. They've worked hard on it and now it is starting to work. So he knows what he wants. He's sticking with it. That's why he bought the players he bought in the summer. That's why the targets that they've got um, for next summer are who they are because that's the type of player that he wants. And if he sticks with that and it comes off, then great. But they've got to give him the time to do it. So I'd say you'd probably give him, what, about six out of ten? Dom? Yeah, I might go a little bit harsher than that, maybe say five, but only because I think as much as there have been occasions where tactically he has stepped up and proven that he's he's capable, I think there have been times when United needed some sort of in, innovation to cope with the fact they wouldn't that they weren't creating anything, they had injuries, they need they probably would have ground out more results under a Mourinho type, mm-hmm. I think, this season than Solskjaer, who's probably a little bit more idealistic, wants to play faster, more attacking football, which is long-term, I think, is going to pay off a lot better than than a Mourinho. But the occasional really poor result, the occasional completely flat and dead performance, you know, look, There's Newcastle, no plan Newcastle West Ham, Bournemouth. No, I just, I think... With this rebuild that's going on, yes. you don't I, expect yeah, that it, sort of result. It is, but the... Like what Don was saying, there's no plan B. Once plan A has not gone to plan... If United he, don't play well, they don't not, really win. But he's not... I know the awkward thing is you look at the bench and they don't have game changes on the bench. And if they're chasing a game or something needs to drastically change, they don't have the personnel on the bench that can change that. That isn't really Solskjaer's fault because he wasn't going to be able to bring in a whole new squad in the summer and there's too much deadwood in the squad. That isn't all down to him. But the issue is, were there tweaks that he could have done tactically, like Dom just said, to have a plan B in place? Probably, and he hasn't done it. Sometimes he's made substitutions way too late. Sometimes he just doesn't hasn't made... Hasn't changed any, anything. He hasn't yeah. made any. He hasn't made enough subs. But I also think that you can't place all the blame at his door, as we've said so many times before. And it was always going to be a long-term rebuild. And I don't think anyone in their right mind thought they were going to start the season by winning every single game. I think there are two major things in Solskjaer's credit, which are all three new signings have come good and look look the part. They all look like they fit what he wants to do and his philosophy. They all look like they buy into it. They want to be at the club and they're very committed to the cause. The second thing is that certain players already at the club actually seem to be improving you know, you look at Scott McTominay, his development has been outstanding, really, considering where he's come from. Marcus Rashford seems jo- to be... I think Josie Mourinho might have Well, to, maybe Jose uh, deserves some credit. He saw, it, he saw it before anybody else did. Uh, Marcus Rashford, obviously, we've spoken about in his goal scoring. Moving Martial back to the number nine role has been a really good move. So there are some things that Solskjaer has done, which you have to say, hats off to. That was, re- that was a good call, but... 
Results in the short term. I mean, four wins, four draws and four losses is, is not Manchester United right. form. That's not acceptable, really. And if it was a, a more short-termist manager uh, in the hot seat, we'd be asking more questions. But rightly so, we're giving Solskjaer a bit more latitude. And yeah, who knows if this is going to come good long-term, but there are starting start to be a few flickers. Yeah, and then the point you made about the three signings all paying off is a good point as well, because, I mean, if Solskjaer ends up going goes to Edward and says, right, I've got a few players I want to maybe look at bringing in in January or in the summer, he's got a reference of three signings that he's bought in and they've all, they've all obviously done the job. So I suppose on that, on that, on yeah. that side, then that'll, that would help Solskjaer out. And that's been much criticised. The, tra- the transfer strategy has been criticised, hasn't it? People on social media have, have questioned why United are just targeting British players, why they're limiting themselves in the market. And while I don't think that should continue too long, I don't think that should um, tie United's hands behind their back in the transfer market. Like you say, Solskjaer's got a... Uh, got something to fall back upon which he hadn't the only thing he'd had to fall back upon before was a, a win over PSG in, in March which got him the job but he's starting to build a bit, a bit of a body of work now if you like yeah so out of 10 how would you sum up uh, 5.5 5.5 I give him a, that I, sounds like a 6 if I've heard one well, I think we'll stick to two sixes. Uh, uh, yeah, go on then yeah. go on then I'll bump him up to a 6 <laughs> being, feeling generous that's fair enough and in terms of Players, maybe play. I know it's obviously two hours for a player. Oh, can I just interrupt, by the way? The minutes of the goals in the Cardiff game were third minute and 29th. 10 minutes out. I thought you were about to say I was wrong there. I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought oh you, you did we're have gonna a very, scro- we're gonna scrap this did podcast. Have a very completely. nervous look on your face. I've not checked to see if you were right, to be honest. <laughs> Definitely right. This is opt back stats, by the way. Oh, well, there you not, go. Not, right. not just by me, so we'd be re recording you if you'd been wrong. Ash. You can trust me on that one. <laughs> third of the way through. Player of the season so far, finally, I just want to touch on, is there anyone who's stood out for you so far? Daniel James or Scott McTominay for me. Picking one. Why'd you do this to me? Uh, I thought I thought this was straightforward, a pretty straightforward question. I would, I, would, I would have said Daniel James personally, but... I think because because we didn't expect anything from Daniel James. I thought you were going to say we weren't expecting the question. I was thinking, well, yeah, I, I wasn't that. expecting we also that either. Expecting that. That's Ash's style, though. I think I would actually say McTominay personally because I, I think that um, United without him, what would United have in midfield? The midfield options are ridiculously lacking. It was crying out for someone to put their put their name into the uh, into the mix and announce themselves. And I think McTominay's done that. I think James actually could have scored and created more than he has done this season despite being unbelievably uh, unbelievably sort of aesthetic on the eye as he has been I'll go Daniel James then just just to be different uh, you get the because I, I think that ideally you bring in someone like that into a Manchester United team they would be slowly integrated into getting more first team minutes they'd be brought off the bench but United are in a situation where they need him each week and he's made himself basically undroppable. I think he's been great. He's stepped up well from championship football. He hasn't looked phased with anything. So I'll go with Daniel James. Scott McTominay can be a close second. We shall see who wins come. I think we should do this every term of the season, maybe halfway point in the end. I think it's always a good way to, when you reflect at the end of the season. Report card. Yeah, you always tend to forget stuff that happens early on, who tends to perform well, but... This sort of thing. Well, Pogba got into the PFA team of the season last last year for a, exactly. a good two or three months. So yeah, you yeah, need to judge mate. it as the season. Yeah, we shall see. 
Charlotte, Dom, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. International break coming up next week. Excited. Oh, so excited. It's actually Women's Football Weekend this weekend. Um, so if anyone is wondering what they should do with no Premier League football, they should go and watch their local women's side. Manchester United are in action against Chelsea, but it's away. So anyone that lives down in London? They're in oh. decent form though, Casey Stone. Yeah, they are. Fourth in the league. Top well, BT as well, isn't it? Doing well in mm. their competitions so yeah keep an eye women's for football weekend keep an eye out for that thank you charlotte thank you dom if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast be sure to do so we will be back just before the end of the international break where we will be looking at everything that happened during the national break and looking ahead to sheffield united thanks for joining us and we will see you next time <laughs>